If you're like some people and you have lots of books that you haven't gotten around to reading yet and you find yourself buying and buying new books all the time, you may ask yourself if you are seeking the excitement of owning new content and you're also looking for that momentary euphoria of purchasing something new. You can only read so many books at a time. What if you decide to enjoy one new book at a time, letting it go once you have benefited from the contents, and then moving on to a new adventure? Welcome to Spark Joy, the podcast dedicated to celebrating the KonMari method and the transformative power of surrounding yourself with joy and letting go of all the rest. With your hosts and certified KonMari consultants, Kristen Ivey and Karen Sochi. And now, here's the show. Today's episode is all about the books category. Books are the second category after clothing in the KonMari method of organizing your home by category instead of location. We will discuss the sorting, the organizing, and the discarding of the books category and all the challenges along the way. If you are just starting out or want to refresher on how categories work in the KonMari method, listen to Episode 1, KonMari 101, and Episode 9, Tidying by Location is a Fatal Mistake. Those two episodes of the SparkJoy podcast will give you the background you need to tackling the books category. Books are special and cherished by many, but there's no denying the fact that physical books can take up a lot of room. In most cases, once a book is read, we place it back on the shelf never to be used or interacted with again. So how can we approach books in a way that honors the content and respects the value and importance of the item, but also enables you to continue to surround yourself with only the things that spark joy? But before we begin, it's time for a joy check. What's sparking joy for you today, Kristen? Well, I recently had a big first for For the Love of Tidy. I was featured on... The Jam, which is a very fresh and contemporary morning show here locally in Chicago on Channel 26. And they invited me in to talk about decluttering when it comes to paper. I was able to have my first live studio experience. (laughs) So had to stuff a lot of content in about four minutes or less of time. But it was really exciting. And it was really cool to see the behind the scenes of the production, too. It's just amazing the work that people who are in this business are able to accomplish in such a condensed time frame where so much has to be discussed. So I just had fun talking with the host and just sharing the message of Kamari and any and everything that came to my mind in terms of tackling paper clutter. Well, I saw it and you looked amazing. You looked completely calm and relaxed and it looked like you were an old pro at live TV. (laughs) So it was pretty amazing. I was very impressed. Thank you. Yes, it it was quite nerve wracking. I knew that time factor would be definitely a challenge. That's the challenge with live TV. I've heard stories of where they'll say you have four minutes. (laughs) And then when you get there, it's like, oh, actually, we had to change things around two minutes. (laughs) You know, you have to be prepared to be so flexible. So yeah, it was a great first experience. And I look forward to continue to practice that format because it was really fun and a good way to spread the message to everyone in this area and beyond. We'll leave that in the show notes as well, just so everyone can check it out. And there's additional tips on paper clutter too. So it's a bonus. What about you, Karen? This week is actually my fifth wedding anniversary. And yeah, so it's like super exciting. And as it turns out, 
the modern interpretation of the fifth anniversary gift is silver. So I was thinking and thinking, what could I possibly get my husband that would be something that he would love that would bring him joy, but that was silver because he doesn't wear jewelry except for his wedding ring. So that was out. My husband and I have a vast difference as far as how many books we feel should be in our home. I feel there should be zero books in our home. Mm -hmm. (laughs) My husband, on the other hand, feels that there should be all the books. So we compromise and he has a section of our home that is dedicated for his book collection. And so I decided that as part of, I don't know, maybe kind of just saying it's perfectly fine with me that you have these books. I got him a set of silver bookends from Tiffany's. So and it's okay for me to say that because by the time this comes out, the anniversary will be passed and he will have gotten his gift. But they're so beautiful and I love them. But instead of getting them engraved right away and making it so they could not be returned, I decided that I wouldn't get them engraved right away. And I want to make sure that he actually loves them as well before I make it so that they can't be returned, which is a big trick that I've learned these days is that I want to welcome people to return any gift that I give them because that's really the most important thing to me these days is that the person who receives the gift actually likes it. So that's what's sparking joy for me today. Now on to books. Books is the second category in the list of the five signature Kanmari categories. So it's really important, just like with clothing, to bring all of your books together and create that pile so that you can confront them all at once. I often get asked, do I really need to take all of these books down from their shelves? And the answer is definitely yes. And the reason why is that it is important to feel the weight of the item in your hands and also start to shift the energy in the space. So if you've had books on a shelf for a long time, for example, there might be a lot of things going on there. There might be a lot of desk collecting. And there might be some shelves that might be warped or bending, or there might be something that have slipped behind certain books that are on a shelf. So it's important just to take this moment, this tiding event, to reconnect with these items, re-engage, take them down off of this shelf, and pile them up. Now, definitely be mindful of safety here. Books collect (laughs) a lot of dust, right? So if you have any sensitivities to dust, just like when you're handling paper, beware when you are working through this category that that doesn't agitate you. Also, books are very heavy. I have clients who have for example, piled things on the floor, and then the next day experience some tension in their back. So if possible, if you have a higher table that you could put the books on to limit the amount of weight that you are carrying back and forth when it comes to these things, or if you have someone who can help you take them off the shelf, just beware that this is one of the category in particular that might cause some physical strain. But it's still very important to bring these items together. And after everything's together, just like with clothing, it's time to maybe digest this exercise in the form of subcategories. Remember, the goal is not to overwhelm you so much by the piling part of Kanmari. It's about gaining the full appreciation of the scope of your collection. You can do this by category. And even if you choose to make one big pile Maybe you only have a moderate amount of books and you don't even need subcategories. That's also an option as well. You're going to view each book independently and start to digest the relationship that you have with the item. And keep in mind that you're evaluating each book on its own and then you can consider as a collective. 
Marie Kondo suggests these kinds of subcategories for books. Number one, general books. And these are books that you read for pleasure. They're usually fiction, biography, history, current events. They're just books that you're reading for information or just for fun. There are practical books. Number two, these are cookbooks, textbooks, travel books, or DIY books. Then there are the third subcategory, visual books. These are what we call coffee table books or art books. And something interesting that I've discovered doing this kind of work with clients is that sometimes cookbooks are actually part of this category because the book is not so much about recipes as it is about showing beautiful photographs of food. So those would actually fall into this category. Then there's the fourth category of religious books, which is pretty self-explanatory depending on your beliefs. Then there is a category of periodicals, and this includes things like magazines and journals and things that you receive on a semi-regular basis. I like to add one more category, and this is the sentimental books. This would include books that you have from your childhood or favorite books that you've read, maybe that are classics that you're really attached to, or books that have been signed or inscribed by the author. Of course, obviously, these take on kind of a sentimental flavor to them. Now, it's important to know that there's a big difference between having an emotional, a sentimental attachment to the idea of books, which a lot of people do, and having a sentimental attachment to a particular book for a reason such as we just described. So keep this in mind as you begin to sort through the subcategories. To avoid going down memory lane, you may need to take some time before you make the final decision of whether or not it sparks joy. Remember, no matter what category you're on, clothing, books, paper, or miscellaneous, you can always take a moment and say, you know what, I'm having a hard time trying to make the final decision on this book because of the sentimentality. Let me move it to the sentimental pile and handle it at the end of my tidying event. These are merely suggestions of subcategories. You may have very unique types of books that don't fall under these categories. And you might need to add or edit some of these suggestions that we have for you. And that's perfectly normal. And this is just some basic guidelines and a place for you to start. As you sort, you will likely find concert tickets and pressed flowers and other small documents that may be wedged in your books that are either easily discarded or they might be sentimental. So definitely set those aside and continue to work within your vision and let that ground you when it comes time to making your decisions. I find often that this is a category where the sentimental gets really mixed in because books are not automatically identified as something that could be sentimental because it's a book. It's not a souvenir. So this, I think, is a really challenging category sometimes for just the reasons we're describing. If it's a book from your childhood, that's a sentimental attachment, but it's still a book. You know, it's still a current object that doesn't necessarily in and of itself have a sentimental meaning behind it. When we're deciding what sparks joy, you can think about the role that books have in your home. And we have a couple of questions that you may want to consider in terms of making sure that your vision covers the direction you want to move when it comes to deciding what books to keep in your home. So you could think about your books in terms of legacy. Who are you keeping the book for if you're looking to pass it down in the future? You can also ask yourself, what is the role of books in your home? How significant are they to you? What is their future use? 
what feeling or emotion will you be enhancing by having the books in your home? Does the vision of your ideal living environment or ideal life include accessing books digitally? Does that feel more comfortable? How much space in your home would you like to dedicate to storing books? These are all questions you can think about upfront before you even start to work through this category. And again, you can connect the item of books to your larger vision of your ideal lifestyle and living environment. When you consider books that you've already read, you can think about have the contents of the book already served you or served its purpose? What will you do with the book after you've read it in the future? Do you believe you will need to refer to the book again? Is this information available in any other format or perhaps outdated? Is the potential future use of this book equal to the value in the space that it will occupy? Do you still refer to it or, in the example of cookbooks, pull recipes from it or use it on some kind of continual basis? Can you honor it in some other way? Will you really read it again? So then when you come to this other group of books, this is a group of books that you haven't read yet or that you haven't finished. So some of the questions that you might ask yourself as you're deciding about each book, why have you not finished it or why have you not even started it? Does this book feel like a burden or are you joyfully anticipating opening it up and getting started reading it? If you decided to read the book in the future, how hard would it be to get again if you let it go at this point? Would you get it in maybe a digital format in the future if you decided that you did want to read it and had decided now to let it go? Now, about magazines and periodicals, if they are more than a month old, and this is kind of just my personal guideline for you, it might be a much different span of time. If they're more than a month old, I feel that it's really unlikely you will ever read it. And certainly if it's several months old, you probably are never going to get around to reading it especially given that the information in magazines is often very time-stamped and it's just not really news anymore once a, a period of time has passed. Now, about textbooks and travel books, this is a really difficult category for a lot of people, but it's important to keep in mind that the information contained in a travel book or even a textbook is no longer relevant pretty soon after you're done either taking the trip or the class. And it's really a struggle sometimes because they were very expensive and they were maybe even a part of your day-to-day -day life when you were taking the class. And travel books get outdated really quickly because so many things change in a city or a town or a country within a short amount of time. And the information that is in the travel book is no longer fresh or relevant. So after you've considered the books that you've already read and the books that you haven't read or you haven't finished, you might still be left with a couple of challenges. Maybe you're having difficulty letting books go. For some, books hold a deep meaning and they're held as sacred. Books also emphasize the importance of education or knowledge. They might represent a certain season of your life. If you decide you're keeping books for the reason of decorating your home, this is also okay. Remember, the KonMari method gives you permission to keep whatever you want to. If using a book for decorative reasons only sparks joy, definitely move forward with that. Honor them and keep them organized with joy. Keep them visible, especially those that are read someday. It's all about honoring the boundaries and making sure that you're comfortable with the space devoted to books in lieu of being available for other purposes. 
If you're like some people and you have lots of books that you haven't gotten around to reading yet and you find yourself buying and buying new books all the time, you may ask yourself if you are seeking the excitement of owning new content and you're also looking for that momentary euphoria of purchasing something new. You can only read so many books at a time. What if you decide to enjoy one new book at a time, letting it go once you have benefited from the contents, and then moving on to a new adventure? Physical books are not as in demand as they once were. The idea of books ending up in the landfill causes some a great deal of guilt, and it may even keep us from letting them go. It may be helpful to remember that while you are making a reasonable effort to put them to good future use elsewhere, that even libraries and bookstores find that they must recycle books because they are no longer in use or in demand. I read recently this great blog post on this topic written by Summer Brennan called On the Heartbreaking Difficulty of Getting Rid of Books. And this wonderful blog describes her experiences as a book lover while she was doing the book category during her KonMari tiding experience and how difficult it was for her because of her emotional attachment to the idea of books. So we definitely will link to that in the show notes. I have to tell a story about uh, when I was in high school, I worked in a mall. And in the mall, there was a really big bookstore, one of the big chain bookstores that actually was kind of all over the place back in those days. And I remember that like at the end of the day, when I was taking the trash out, I would find that the bookstore had dumped dozens and dozens of books often. And the way that they would do it is that they would tear the cover off and just throw the books away. And they did this because the demand for whatever the book was at that point had fallen off and they could no longer justify keeping extra inventory. It was really horrifying at the time, but I realized that at that point, they were making that decision because there was no better storage options for them. Yeah, it's unfortunate that that may be the life cycle of some of the books that you're letting go of. Consider what happens to these books, ultimately, if you choose to keep them. You can refer to episode 21, book review, The Gentle Art of Swedish Death Cleaning. Someone will eventually be tasked with tossing your books. Other donation options include libraries, organizations that accept books for the military or other institutions, organizations that deliver books to those confined in their homes or nursing home or hospital settings, schools that accept books. There's many alternatives. And then there's the option of recycling. It may seem like a waste to recycle books, but keep in mind that paper is easily turned into something that could be very useful. Recycling is still sending the book onto its next useful life, which is a good thing. Books are wonderful things. From the time we first learned to read, books play an important role in our lives. This category is definitely challenging for most of us, but by applying the principles of the KonMari method, books can play a joyful role in our home. So now we want to hear from you. Tell us your burning, tidying questions or share stories about how KonMari has impacted your life. You can find us at sparkjoypodcast.com and click Ask Spark Joy to leave a question or comment for a chance to be featured on next week's show. While you're there, sign up to join our Spark Joy podcast community and get notified when each episode airs. You can also join the Spark Joy podcast community on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the handle at Spark Joy Podcast. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope your day sparks joy. Thank you for listening to Spark Joy with your host, Kristen Ivey of For the Love of Tidy in Chicago and Karen Sochi of The Serene Home in New York City. 
SparkJoy, the podcast, is not endorsed by or affiliated with Conmari Media Incorporated. The opinions expressed on this episode represent the views of the co-hosts and guests alone and do not represent the corporate position of Conmari Media Incorporated or the Conmari Consultant Community.